This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Spare time bowling show with you, like always, along with our guy, $2 Phil, hey. Phil <laughs> Brilo. There he is. Uh, and our guy, Dwight Albrecht, of course. You know him, of course, from the Spare Time Pro Shop in beautiful New Berlin, Wisconsin. Joining us now, he is the PBA Commissioner, Tom Clark. Tom, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, the the band is back together. <laughs> the band is back together. I'm not sure if that's good or not for everybody else involved, but uh, we're, we're back together uh, and having a lot of fun uh, doing it. I, I, I guess I've got a, a paper full of stuff, obviously. And I know Dwight and Phil got a lot of stuff, so we'll just uh, continue to fire at you uh, for as long as we can go here. Uh, first things first, you know, we, we gave you a lot of credit. Uh, and uh, when we came back and, and did this, as far as how far the PBA Tour has come, Tom, uh, in large part due to um, that Fox TV deal that you guys signed uh, and what it's allowed you guys to do. How much longer do you have that deal with Fox? Uh, and how comfortable are you with this deal to this point since you've signed it? Fox, yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, we are through this year. So through uh, 2023 uh, with with Fox. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the next, you know, renegotiation, uh, and re up and um, and so all those talks are going on now and uh, working well alongside uh, Fox and uh, Bolero now involved you know with with the with re upping and renegotiating more than involved they're you know they're calling the shots and uh, so there's a little different dynamic there but um, it uh, you know by all accounts it, it feels like everybody's really happy you know. Uh, this year, having Fox, you know, step up for seven um, big Fox broadcast television shows on this year's season, I mean, really should tell you how much they believe in the product. So, 
Uh, I, and, you know, I love what they brought to the PBA when it comes to uh, investment in the production for things like strike track, which has just changed the game for how you watch bowling. Uh, as you know, we love Rob Stone being involved. He's as A-list as they come for Fox Sports, and to have him on bowling is really is great. So, um, you know, I, I really hope and, and look forward to uh, uh, extending the relationship. When does the uh, the negotiations start for that new TV deal with Fox? Have you already started this, those negotiations? Does it happen once the season is done, or where does that stand? No, it's 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 already started. It's already started. So it's you know you're always thinking about the, the the next year when you're working on this year, and you're always thinking about the next deal while the current deal's going on. So it's uh, it's just a, it's it's an ongoing thing. Tom, bring us up to speed on what's going on with the PBA and urethane. We're getting a ton of people coming into the shop asking questions about urethane and hardness. And I have to try to explain to them that right now it's just for the PBA bowlers. I I saw a quick uh, Facebook post that uh, Brad Miller's urethane ball was uh, banned or outlawed this week for hardness. Uh, What's going on with all that? Well, that 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 what you just said is a good example of what's going on with it, which is a whole bunch of misinformation and mis and misread thoughts and things that aren't true. Like Brad Miller's ball was not illegal this week. Everything Brad Miller said was incorrect. <laughs> so you know it was very un, very odd, you know, to see that you know come out, and it just shows that even people close to it and right there just haven't really fully been able to grasp the uh, the, the general issue and uh, admittedly our you know our, our approach has been we've had, we've been learning a lot and we've had to take uh, you know some drastic measures and had to uh, communicate exactly what we're doing which we have done and have done through rules and each year and and that everyone including the PBA player committee and the ball manufacturers are all involved with from uh, from the start and as you know we brought in neil stremmel who has a lot of experience with equipment specifications to to play a huge role and he's been at the events just collecting data um but uh yeah brad's brad's ball was not measured where he said it was and it was not removed and the things he said about whether it would be removed they just weren't accurate so so we actually have a meeting with the player committee. I mean, uh, not just the player committee, but the players committee is then having a meeting with the whole uh, staff this week and the the whole field. Sorry, this week in Wichita to try to get people to understand what's what's happening. But uh, Dwight, you said it. It it doesn't impact anybody at home with their bowling ball. Uh, you know, there every everything's fine. The PBA tour at a different level of competition with higher stakes. Uh, you know, with gambling involved with it, with, you know, we have to have a, a little bit different standard on the rules in different areas. And this, uh, this has been kind of a saga, you know, with your thing, bowling balls, uh, which changed this year when um, uh, the USBC, you know, changed the manufacturing spec for the hardness of your, of any, of any bowling ball to be, 73 uh, from 72, which enabled us to adjust our urethane rule from last year, which was a two-year rolling system, to 
only allow balls that were manufactured at that 73, the hardness level. And that's all balls since August of 2022. All of the company's main urethane equipment has been manufactured since then. They're all aware of that rule. Um, and we felt like it was the best way to move forward this year while we continue to test those bowling balls so that we can you know continually get the rule better and better uh, for each year you can't it's hard to just say you know it's real simple to just say oh outlaw urethane and just say it three weeks before the season starts and everybody's been practicing with certain balls and ball companies have believed that they're going to be able to to market those balls because they've invested in the PBA and you can't just make uh, announcements like that. You have to do things that give everyone enough time, you know, to prepare. And what you have, with, and I hear a lot of misinformation. I think even on this show, I, I, I didn't hear the whole thing. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard I, even you guys, you know, talking about, Oh, these balls are easy to manipulate and soak or, you know, and there is absolutely no concern that anyone has done anything like that. You know, there, it's not like we're, we're trying to figure things out because we think players are cheating. It's, it's just a, a, a kind of a phenomenon where um, urethane used to be manufactured harder and it used to be, you know, used um, uh, with a, with a harder, shell to to its effectiveness and then uh, along with mostly with the purple hammer being manufactured at a 72 hardness but seemingly losing its its uh its hardness with use and we weren't sure exactly how much use it was never public until both the USBC and the PBA you know did more research and more studies and you know found that after uh a number of, of shots are thrown that, that those balls when in use are softer than when they're not in use. And so it's trying to figure out a way to deal with that. It's not dealing with a cheater. It's not dealing with cheating bowling balls. They're manufactured at the exact uh, level that they have to be, to be legal. But, um, but we have to protect the game and the fairness uh, and, and, and be, uh, of the game and in and protect the integrity of the the competition, um, including the, the the lane maintenance, which is you know greatly impacted by the way urethane balls impact uh, uh, a uh, surface and uh, and the oil patterns. So we have a lot to consider, and um, and we just keep getting closer and closer. But I think that once uh, Neil has the kind of information he needs and the time that we will have to communicate next steps to the ball companies and the players uh, will probably re result in a, in a new rule in 2024. So it's understandable that there's a lot of misinformation, but it, it does still, you know, bug you when people just put things out there that are just completely incorrect. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Tom, early on in, in what you just said, you mentioned gambling. I've seen in the last couple of weeks now, there's been a couple of, of betting apps, one of them being a tribal casino in Michigan and another being the Bet Rivers mm-hmm. app, that odds have been coming out. Odds were out for Shawnee. Odds are already out for Wichita this week. Is that something that they've the, these betting companies have consulted the PBA with before they've started taking these bowling bets? I mean, for the longest time, it was either, you know, back in the back in the World Series when it was in Reno for a couple of years, you could bet on the finals or you had some Fox bet stuff here and there. Now it seems to be spreading like wildfire over the last few weeks. It, what does the PBA have to do to help promote? Are they, are they going to help promote the, the gambling more on the sport or is this just something that these companies have done independently of the PBA? That one, the one you're, you're referencing is independent. And I and I was just, uh, you know, becoming more familiar with it. Uh, really recently so but it's cool to see I, I like to see it um the organization that we're the closest with is fox and fox bet continues to try to grow and so we work you know we're on we're on fox bet for every live show that we do and we communicate you know really thoroughly to make sure that their odds are uh as close to perfect as uh, as, as they can be we give them as much information they they spend as much time trying to figure out the odds on bowling as any other sport that they do. But as you guys know, I mean, Foxbet is really only available in about four or five states right now, and and so we just want to keep growing that. But um, but no, it's been a it's been a pursuit for several years now. I mean, even before I've, all the other sports have have uh, begun to uh, embrace uh, gambling on their sports, uh, that we've we've been trying to work with groups and sports books and um, and develop ways to uh, to make it a, a bigger part of the the fan engagement and just the interest level uh, of uh, of professional bowling and we think it's a you know it's a great sport to uh, to bet on it's it's a lot of fun and it's um, it's really interesting and and you know it's a, it's just another potential uh, revenue stream and really from our perspective right now, just another way to engage more people and make more people want to watch and, and become connected to the sport. Um, but you got to have really good rules if you're going to have to do that. Right. I mean, you, oh, you absolutely. Can't, you can't have people uh, wagering that money and saying, wait a minute, what, what am I hearing about this bowling ball? Or what am I, what am I hearing about? Or why is this person allowed to, you know, use a, a training device on their hand when they're bowling, you know, so that's why you see some of the recent rules that we've had about plugged bowling balls on the PBA tour are not legal anymore. Uh, Wrist devices are not legal on the PBA tour, but they're perfectly legal at home and your league and anybody's leagues. And they're, uh, and they're not illegal on, on those levels, but at the highest level of the game, you know, we've really been concentrating on tightening things up. 
Can we talk about uh, Potawatomi here locally uh, in Milwaukee? They're they're adding a sports book uh, in the Northern Lights Theater, and that's going to take a while to construct, probably by the end of the year. But there's been some rumblings that they may have some kiosks available for people to bet on uh, by late spring or sometime in the spring ahead of you guys uh, coming to Milwaukee. So how does that process work from your perspective then as far as trying to be available for their sports book? Do you reach out to Potawatomi, uh, or how does that work? Yeah, I, I will. Uh, it's similar. I'll, I'll use uh, Angel of the Winds uh, Casino in uh, near Seattle, Washington, for, as an example. Um, we did our PBA Tour Finals. Um, that's on CBS Sports Network. We did did it there last year. And just uh, we were aware of the fact they have a sports book in their casino. Uh, it's a nice little a nice little sports book right there. Has every sport going. Um, we tell them that, uh, you know, we're coming to town, we're a live sport and we're going to be on CBS that day. And we're going to be right around the corner from your sports book in, uh, in the bowling center within the same casino. And we can set something up where everybody can bet on it and we'll help you understand the format, the competition, you know, everything about it, the players, and they, they show interest. We talk. And the next thing you know, there's a bunch of people in the sports book watching on a big, watching bowling on a big screen TV, betting on the action. So yeah, it just has to come. Down, it just comes down with communication and making it clear to people what's available and how appealing it can be and why it works for them. And I think uh, definitely in Wisconsin and in Milwaukee, um, you have a lot of knowledgeable bowling fans that uh, would probably show that there'd be more action. Uh, in a place like uh, like here than maybe other areas around the country. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of making people aware. We don't have the, the same level of uh, media uh, coverage uh, or entrenched sports gambling that some of the other sports have that would lead a, a book to just immediately, you know, consider the sport uh, great potential for them. But uh, once they find out about what we have and that we are available on a large media scale to watch, um, I hope they embrace it. Tom, uh, we're hosting city tournament right now at New Berlin uh, Lanes. Uh, and we had the proprietor squad a couple of weeks ago and a couple of members from the Howler House came in and was talking to me about something going on down at the Howler House uh, right around Easter weekend, uh, a two-lane center in the basement, of course, that people are not aware of Howler House, and that they were, sounds like they were going to set up a big screen TV outside for the fans to come down and watch. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, this is really uh, exciting to me. I mean, and the Howler House, as you guys know, it's the oldest certified lanes in the world. They're, you know, 120 years old, and um, you know, it's just a really cool spot, you know, at the heart of uh, the Milwaukee bowling scene and history. And so, you know, this year we're doing uh, we're bringing back the USA versus the world match to be part of the World Series of Bowling, which is happening in Milwaukee again at uh, Bolero Wauwatosa. And uh, the captain of the world team is Jason Belmondi. And the captain of the USA team is Tommy Jones. And they'll be announcing the next members of their teams uh, as the season progresses. And then in, uh, in April, but when the World Series comes, um, we're going to decide who, the, who has the uh, 
basically we're going to decide where we normally would flip a coin to say who gets to choose lane choice and who gets to uh, essentially be the home team, you know, at a um, uh, at the event or be the top seed, we'll say, at, at the USA versus the world event. And we're going to decide that with a one-on-one match, Jason Belmonte versus Tommy Jones on the Holler House lanes, and we're going to live stream it free on YouTube. Uh, and um, and people are going to be able to come, and they're going to be upstairs at Holler House, outside, wherever we can fit the people uh, to uh, be a part of the event. Because, as you know, you can't fit fans downstairs in there. And uh, they're going to bowl, and whoever wins that match, that team is going to be the top seed for the USA versus the world. And in USA versus the world this year is going to be a two-day live event. Uh, the first day, four singles matches, and the second day, two doubles matches and a deciding two-game Baker match. Uh, and we're going to we're really in, increasing the prestige of that event and trying to make it uh, a regular every year on the PBA tour. Um, and uh, we're, we have a deal with the, the International Bowling Hall of Fame, where you know the trophy uh, for that event is going to reside at the Hall of Fame with a big photo of the current championship team and so we're trying to get the players a little bit more uh, invested in it and doing things like having a special match to kick things off at Holler House is uh, I just can't I, I I think that you think of the history of the game and you think about those two players competing for real on those lanes and I don't really know if anything's really been done like that before there and uh, I think it'll be really well watched you know and attended i think you'd get a lot of views on youtube for that match um and it'll be a cool uh, give great exposure to holler house we love those people there and we'd love to eventually you know do some sort of field of dreams type of televised match there at holler house uh we have to figure out the logistics of that but this would be a really good step to getting there by live streaming it and having a lot of fans there and having two of the greatest bowlers of all time square off and um, so really, really look forward to it. We'll have more announcements about the actual event, uh, which is going to be either April 7th or April 8th um, uh, uh, at Holler House. But uh, that's coming pretty soon. Hey, Tom, you mentioned, you know, well-attended events. We saw the crowds at the U.S. Open. I know here for the World Series of Bowling in Milwaukee, the World Championship show is already sold out. Uh, how important is in-person attendance to the PBA and with the way it's going now with so many people in these events showing out in advance back in the days, those arena finals were so awesome. So many times, I mean, the USBC masters twice in Milwaukee at Miller park. Is there a chance that the PBA could be looking at doing something different for finals in the future and going back, maybe not to the 7,000 seat arenas or something like that, but something where it's outside of a normal bowling center and more fans will be able to see what's going on in person. Yes. Absolutely. We've been talking about it for for a year now that we want to get back into an arena for big events. Um, we we feel I feel like we we have the the evidence that uh, if you do it in the right location and promote it, you know, uh, to our ability to promote it, not not to think like we can do some sort of promotion we could never possibly actually afford if we actually do it within our means uh, that we would have a big crowd and it would be a great uh, a great uh, event for bowling. And, and so we're definitely working on that right now and, and trying to pick the right timing and the right place uh, to do it. But, you know, fans from a, on site, from a, um, 
revenue stream standpoint, it's not necessarily the most exciting thing because as you guys know, you can only fit so many people in the center, but it's great for the energy and the buzz and the television product uh, to have great crowds that know what's going on and that are engaged. Uh, so it's always important. I just love it anyway. I just love to get as many people involved as possible and that they, they once they go to an event, they will always come back and, and they feel so much more connected to the sport. Um, but once you get into an arena, it can be a gate uh, revenue stream uh, that, that can possibly um, change the dynamics of how, uh, of how bowling is, is watched and, and how it generates revenue, which of course you're always looking for. So um, I think we've been building it uh, enough and our, and the biggest uh, stars are becoming more and more known that, uh, that once we, once we can finally announce a, a big arena final, um, the rush for tickets will be similar to what you saw for, for the World Series so far this year uh, or the U.S. Open, just way sold out. I wish we'd break down the walls and have people hanging from the ceilings, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd love to get as many people in as possible. The fire, the fire code people aren't big fans of that. Bowling, <laughs> bowling centers are, uh, are different uh, animals when it comes to how many people you can get in and where they can be and how they can stand. And So you have to deal with a lot of that stuff. So we are doing a, a, a sort of an, an arena event in a few weeks here at uh at phoenix raceway where we're doing a special event working with nascar and um kind of like a chris paul type of an event where you have pro bowlers teaming up with uh nascar drivers uh in a uh, in a special event that we're going to do march 10th in phoenix as part of the phoenix uh nascar event and then it's going to air on March twelfth. Uh, so we're taping it on a Thursday, and it's and it's uh, or is that a Friday? And we're airing it on uh, Sunday, March twelfth. But that's going to be it's just a special event. But it is a special build in the uh, uh, what's called the barn, which is like a big uh, interactive air, uh, uh, area next to the track in Phoenix. And um, so you have tons of walkthrough uh, traffic, people just coming through there, attending the race and then uh, the race week. And then um, and then we'll also figure out ways to get uh, bowling fans in there from that area in Phoenix. So that's a special build for lanes in a place that it's not normal and and will be a good uh, example for. Um, our new production group and, and how we can we can be portable with with professional bowling and put it in unique locations and try to bring in as many fans as possible. Tom, I've been waiting all week to ask you this question. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Um, I'm a um, a great a huge uh, fan of golf, and uh, I, I think you probably know what's coming. But I am now hooked on this new Netflix show called Full Swing, and. After watching Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, following them for their weeks while they're on the golf tour, something just came into my mind of having Netflix have something, a spinoff on that for Boeing. Um, I even came up with a name uh, for this for the show called In the Fast Lane. I thought that would be a great name for the show, but you could start it off with Brad and Kyle uh, in that same, you know, uh, format, but follow the bowlers around on their schedules and how much different it is from golf to bowling. They're they're in private planes. These guys driving their own cars or RVs, stuff like that. But um, I just couldn't stop but think of how cool it would be if bowling had something like that. What they're currently doing with uh, Netflix's full swing. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, honestly, I can't even watch that show because it it bothers me too much because we should have it, and we always have come come very close. I mean, it's always been a mentality that we're going to do that, and we've gone down the road with a lot of different producers and people that want to put together sizzle reels and then try to get the backing that they need to be able to be out there. And, um, and so that's why we've re- you know, really embraced the, the players who have, who have been able to do their own things on, on YouTube and, and try to get more people um, getting the behind the scenes look at the PBA through their eyes. And, and that's all cool. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of, uh, it's hard to get things greenlit, you know, and, and um, I think it's compelling. I think it is a different story than what you see on the tennis or formula one or professional golf tours because of the, uh, it's really even more do or die on the PBA tour uh, as to whether you can, you know, you can make it out there and, and continue to be a, a, a professional bowler. It's just so difficult uh, to manage when, the uh, the numbers on top are not as giant, so you have to try to pitch the story and you, and the person or the people that would produce this type of uh, of a show need to pitch that as as compelling an angle as watching you know people playing for millions of more dollars, and you know right now it seems like they're the the people that are greenlighting this stuff are are leaning more on the more established you know, um, uh, sports at, at a higher level than at the niche level that, that we are in with m- most sports out there. And, uh, and I think it, it will, it'll, 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 we've been close a few times with some really well-known production groups. And it's kind of like, you know, remember the Tom Smallwood, you know, situation. And it was always be like, well, why can't, why isn't there a pro, a pro bowling, uh, you know, um, sitcom or why isn't there a pro bowling movie and why you know why don't we have that and and for you know it took when did tom win that title he won in 2009 i think Mm -hmm. his world championship and since then people have owned the rights to his life story and been trying to sell it and green light it we've had people invited uh, people involved like richard linklater and jack black and um, the producer was actually produced uh, that that had rights uh, produced the movie Spotlight and won the Oscar. <laughs> and, uh, Nicole Rockland was her name. It was amazing watching her accept the, the the Academy Award for you know Best Picture. And I had just been talking to her about Tom Smallwood, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and it just took forever. And finally, there was a series made, and it was on TV, and it's just kind of and now it's it's gone and, and no one talks about it anymore. I thought it was fantastic. You know, it was, it was just great to see, you know, pro bowling treated that way and on a weekly show. It wasn't accurate. It wasn't the exact bowling balls. They didn't talk about the hardness of urethane on the show, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was close and it was all about someone chasing their dreams to make it at the world series of bowling. So, so I loved it and it happened, but it took, you know, now that was 2022. He did what he did in 2009. It took that long. You know, this stuff just doesn't come together as fast as you'd hope sometimes, you know, but, but definitely, uh, 
be aware that we've talked to many different producers and talked to many different people about how we can do it. We've produced our own at times. Phil's been involved with things where we've tried to produce, you know, a week and, and then we kind of send that to people and say, look, it can be like this. Or we've done a documentary with, uh, uh, the the show focused that's uh, that's Fox supported and and we use that. Uh, there was a documentary on Pete Weber uh, by Thirty for Thirty that we use. Uh, there was the documentary that uh, um, League of Ordinary Gentlemen that was popular and seen, and we use that. And people can see, look, you can get close to something like this uh, out there, and it can have a certain level of audience. So hopefully it comes together soon. Well, you mentioned, Tom, how tough it is to get established on tour, you know, to be a top star out there, the, the grind these guys go through week in, week out. And it's been a little bit tougher the last couple of years with the limited size fields. And there's been a lot of grumblings on social media, especially from some PTQ players about how tough it is to be out there as a pre-tournament qualifier, tournament in, tournament out, making things happen. I, I was looking at the PBA tour stats this week. It's early in the season, yes, but there's three guys that have bowled exclusively PTQs that are in the top 25 in points and top 25 in money. They're making things happen. They're getting things done. I like the fact that it's tough to get yourself out there on tour. Are there any change, plans to look ahead to 2024 and maybe – change what it takes to get out on the PBA tour to get yourself established out there. Uh, the tour should be about superstars. And in my opinion, it is, we've got EJ Tackett with two titles already this year. Uh, what's it going to take for a guy to, to come in from the PTQ and, and, and make himself that next EJ Tackett or Jason Belmonte? Are there going to be any changes to what PTQs are, 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 are all about for 2024? Yeah. Well, this year was really is probably the biggest change that we've had in a long time to make it, uh, on those classic events, uh, make it more exclusive and have a, a limited field where every you know every single player and they're all established and there's a few spots available for people that can get out of that PTQ and the PTQs have sold out you know more than ever because of that. I think exclusivity, even if it's more difficult and and it's kind of like uh, easy to to complain about or look at um, uh, you know from different angles. Uh, the exclusivity seems to drive more interest and make people want to want to win that spot, you know, even more. It's I would never de- deny the fact that it's extremely difficult to make a living as a professional bowler. It just is. I mean, and breaking your way in there is just really tough. And and so this year, being able to have these really, you know, really well, good paying, you know, classic events for a limited field that doesn't dilute the field, it doesn't dilute the prize fund. We still give people the opportunity. And, you know, I've been around long enough to try every single different way of running these types of events from being completely wide open and making opportunity the, the, the priority to, uh, to being more tight and closed down to uh, a set field and, and utilizing prize money uh, that way. And I don't know that there's a right a wrong way to do it. And it does uh, come down to how your media partners and sponsors uh, view um, what the pro bowlers tour needs to be. And so it will be dictated by how those deals continue. Like we started talking about Fox and, you know, how things go with our media partners. Well, you know, it'll, it'll dictate the way a season will go. But to your point, Phil, I think, yeah, you know, kind of like the bowling balls also, everything kind of comes back to having time to announce and plan is a better way to do things for all involved. 
And this year it was pretty tight to, to tell people, look, we have these five events and they're going to be, you know, only 64 player fields and 50 of those players are going to come from the top, from the points list from the year before. And the rest of the spots are going to be involved from PTQs or past champions. And this is how it's going to work. But now with a little bit more time and knowing what the next season's going to be, you know, possibly we bring back some kind of tour uh, trials mm-hmm. that gives everyone a chance. I, again, not a perfect system, but another way to, to earn your spot out there on tour. Um, or, you know, maybe you even look at college bowling. You take the top player from college bowling and they have a spot on tour. You take the top player from every region in the PBA tour and maybe they've earned their spot or a different way through the RPI. You know, there's just a lot of different ways that you throw up on the board to say, how do we decide who the best 64 players are? And we're not going to be 100% correct each time. We'll just keep refining and getting it better and better and better. Yeah, I like the fact Tom, that... Tom, well, one last one for you. Thanks so much for coming on the Spare Time Bowling Show. Uh, really appreciate it, Commissioner of the PBA Tour. Uh, and that is uh, involving the PBA app. Uh, is there any thoughts uh, on kind of getting that updated and going again? Uh. Uh, you know, I could just say, you know, that, that there is, um, that there's always just, uh, what are, how are we going to improve fan engagement? But I don't know that there's anything really like on the front burner right there where that's happening, uh, you know, in the immediate future. But, uh, um, you know, and I, I'm not sure that when we did finally, when we, when we finally did have a really good launch of it, I'm not sure that the immediate reception, um, you know, made it, made it a priority, you know, for the next group running um, all of our marketing and, and, uh, and production. So I, I've seen a, a really great improvement this year with uh, how we present scoring. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's been a learning curve for everybody involved with the, with the new ownership of the PBA, and, and it took some time. But now there's a really uh, – engaging way to not only follow leaderboards during events uh, and find them easier. Um, there's also live statistics with our partnership with Lane Talk that are giving more depth to what's happening out there um, than ever in the history of bowling. I mean, in live, in real time, you can check any player's statistics on, on their strike percentage, on their spare percentage, on specific spare leaves and what percentage um, as you follow a tournament. And, um, and that's been a huge improvement. So I think that the first steps were to get all the, the basics and fundamentals in line. And now you can take all of those things and bundle them up into a effective app um, that, uh, that makes it even easier, you know, to follow at your, at your fingerprints, at finger, finger, what finger tips. <laughs> and, uh, and um and so I, I, I think I would look forward to new advances there as well, yeah. There he is, Tom Clark, uh, of course, the commissioner of the PBA Tour. Follow him on Twitter at ClarkPBA. Tom, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks. I'm really happy you guys are back and, um, you know, to, to talk about bowling. And um, I think this is going to be a really good year. I mean, when you look at the way this season was set up um, to really – really make a big deal about the major championships and have multiple shows uh, pointing towards the finals of those major championships on big Fox broadcast television uh, will give us the best chance that bowling's had in probably 25 or 30 years to show uh, the value 
of people getting a chance to know it's on, find it, and watch it. And you saw the first U- the first event of the year, the U.S. Open, had over a million viewers. It was a fantastic finish, and um, and we just need to keep building on that. So uh, coverage from, from guys like you is a big part of that. So thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. There he is. Thanks, Tom man. Clark joining us on the spare time bowling show podcast. He's Sparky Pfeiffer, Phil Brillo, Dwight Albrecht uh, here. Uh, and again, we record these on Mondays usually. Uh, and then uh, they're posted Monday afternoons, Tuesday mornings, wherever you download your favorite podcasts at uh, thoughts, Phil on comments there by Tom Clark. I just wish the one thing oh, they get on rid second. of. I turn you back on. There you go. Uh, I just wish the one thing that, they would change on the PTQs or, or the, the exemptions for the guys that won in the past time limit, how long a guy could have a title and still get in the main field. Last week at Shawnee, Joe Furpo won his only title in a doubles event in 1987. And he got an exemption in the main field. <laughs> and I wanted to spit that out of time before he left, but yeah, there's, there's gotta be some limit on that. It should be tough to get out on tour, but it shouldn't be easy to stay on tour. I mean, I'm sorry if that guy wanted to, with the rules now, he could bowl. Joe Furpo could bowl every tour stop and be in the main field. Sure. And take a spot away from an up-and-comer. It should be five years or seven years. It should be something like that where you have a time limit on how long you can bowl for uh, on a a champion's exemption before you have to go through the PTQ again. 35 years is a little ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think that's a horrible idea. I got got no problem with that. Uh, Dwight, what do you got from the interview? Well, it's it was very positive, uh, and that's what I love about Tom. But also when you read between the lines of what he's saying – I, I also read that there's a ton of challenges that are still ahead and a ton of tweaks that have to be done before he actually gets it 100% correct. Sure. And I'll, I'll just say this. They must get this Fox deal done again. They, they can't. The, the worst thing that could happen is they go backwards, right? So because you have FS1 with it, you need the Fox deal to get done. Because if you go to, say, NBC, they have no counter anymore if you go to cbs yes they have cbs sports network but i i'm not really quite sure as many people are watching that as are watching fs1 necessarily at this point i don't know the exact numbers um and then obviously you're back to abc espn again uh if you go that route and again you do not want to be stuck uh, in that situation like you've been in the past with having to battle the nfl and all this other stuff i i just think this is a dream marriage right now for the pba tour and i don't know financially the logistics of it and what they would say to that one way or the other but as far as exposure goes phil they have to make sure that they can extend this deal and keep it going well i mean one big difference now as compared to the original fox deal back in 2017 2018 is that you have the power of bolero behind it as much as some people hate Bolero owning the PBA, that's a lot of financial clout the PBA has behind them now. And that's a lot of other people that can work with Fox and other sponsors that Bolero can get for their centers across the country. A lot of things that can be done by Bolero that can help that Fox TV deal happen again. Where with the first time it happened with Tom, it was the old ownership looking to sell on the way out. We need the salvages now or we might be done. Who's the uh, who's the guy that owns Bolero? Tom Shannon. Yeah, Tom Shannon. How much is Tom Shannon worth? Do we know? A bunch. Hey, he's <laughs> helped my. I bought Bolero stock on the uh, after the IPO, and I've done so, quite well. I haven't. You, done you think he'd be interested in being part owner of the Brewers because they could really use some money? Apparently, <laughs> you that might. Would, you never. You never great. know. Corbin Burns or, or got the, or the 
$750,000. I, you know, maybe Mark Antonacio should uh, talk to Tom Shannon about being part owner of the Brewers. Like, what about the, bu- or the Bucks? You don't want to hassle them in on the Bucks. No, I do no, not want no. the Haslam family uh, owning part ownership of the Bucks and buying it from our class. Right? No, I do not want right. that either. But my main concern right now is money for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Uh, he has Phil Brylow, uh, of course, $2 Phil Dwight Albrecht uh, as well. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Uh, always fun talking with the PBA commissioner, uh, Tom Clark. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Toodles.